17 past 7 on Radio Veritas, and a very good morning to my good friend, Father Lawrence Nglovu in Rudiburg. Good morning, Father Lawrence. Morning, Father Angles. Are you well? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Having had a three-week holiday, I'm all the better for it. Thank you very much indeed. I can imagine. By now, you've settled into your new parish, I suppose? Yes, I've just about done two months now. Is it two months already? Eh? Wow, my yeah. time flies, isn't it? Lawrence, let's have a look and see some comments on things current and Catholic. The big news in recent times, well, today the big news is the new cabinet reshuffle, but the, 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 the shooting of those five policemen, this was the terrible thing that held, held that, was, that took place at this church in the eastern province. I'm sure you have a thought you'd like to share with us about that. Yes. Uh, firstly, it's a very sad story that people can actually storm into a police station and sort of shoot everybody, police officers, and there was um, a military person as well who sort of was on either retirement or on leave. It's unclear right now. But it, for me, the story of Mobo represents um, the story of many places, especially in township places where we know who the criminals are. In this case, it's this church, which is run by these brothers, the angels, as they call themselves, which has had people there uh, not allowing children to go to school, its members, not allowing people to work. It had become a very closed cult, really, in that, um, in that place, with community members in the Department of Social Development in the Eastern Cape Raising the flag, community members saying something is terribly wrong here. When the police eventually were led to that place because after they were trying to find out who shot the people, the police in Mobile, they were led to that place. And when they found, of course, they found uh, stolen cars, unregistered cars, firearms, a whole shootout went out. And you just, you, you, one gets a sense um, that like in all townships and all places, we know who the criminals are. But how do they garner so much power that even people could relinquish their own children? I mean, yesterday in the news, one of the people arrested there, who's, I think, about 19 or 18, said there's no point for me to apply for a bail because I don't know where home is. I've been here from when I was very young. It's almost unbelievable for them. Oh, my goodness. And he, uh, he was one of those, just one of the people living there, or was he implicated in all this? One of the people living there. They found about 50 women and a bunch of other young children and all of that, and the other young people were also sort of part of the machinery. And this particular young man whom I was watching in the news was just absolutely sad for me that they had been in that cult because I don't think we should use the word church willy-nilly in this case. Mm. Um, and he just didn't have, had no recollection of home. You ask yourself, where were the parents? I can't, couldn't they go to a police station? Something. Yeah. I, I believe that um, the, the, the church was run by seven, seven brothers or something like that. Seven brothers, yes. Their father, who started the church, sort of um, died a couple of some years back. But they were really, it's a really grand mafia masquerading, masquerading itself as a church, right. a, a, a big cult. Right. Uh, some of the brothers, of course, were shot, were shot at and some of them died, but some remained, were arrested and so on. So 
it's just unbelievable. I really cannot understand or even be, begin to believe how people then sort of leave their houses and how the community allows this to happen. This place, this church, was three kilometers, one, two, three kilometers from the police station. I want to believe, like all of us who've lived these kinds of places, that if they have, if the police have not been able to do anything to these brothers who are three kilometers away from them, they were somehow at some point working with them. Yeah, it looks like that. I mean, I was I was shocked yesterday when I, I saw one of the brothers on television and just pleading sort of innocence, how sorry he was that people had lost their lives and making out as though he didn't know anything of this, like this was happening at all. It was a huge operation. Mm. Uh, I would even dare say it was departments. They had sort of the religious cult side of it. Mm. They had the, the thugs and ammunition and unregistered cars sort of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if there were other things. That we'll, we'll find out as the charges are being lined up right. what exactly had been going on there. Mm-hmm. Very sad. But I believe the police want to demolish the whole, the whole scene there. And I think they should. Yeah. Um, but also, the real, it's not enough to then do all of those kinds of things. The real people, the real eyes of these things uh, and, 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 and witnesses of these, people, of these events are the community. Yeah. The fact of the matter is for the animals, we know who the thugs are. We, we, we are their clients. We buy their whatever. We, we buy their, their, their stolen goods. We, in the case of Mobile, you send your, your children to go and live there. You leave your own house to go and live there. Mm. We know that. Mm, 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 exactly. Exactly, yes. Well, it's, but, but you know, maybe this is a, the tip of an iceberg because there are so many uh, so-called churches and cults around the place. I mean, there are thousands of them all over the place, and who knows whether some of them are being used for similar purposes. You know, I remember many years ago, a cousin of mine, who's died now, um, joining some very strange church. You know, he would stop going to school, for instance. At some point, he started giving his clothes, literally the clothes on his back, to this church. You know, I've heard of families who've given their homes to churches and left themselves homeless. That cannot be the plan of God for the thriving of the human person. And you sort of wonder, what is it that gets said that makes people somehow see this as, as, as right? Another fascinating thing with the story of Mobo is that they were, they were against education. And for me, that's the first red flag, because we know that education encourages a kind of independence and a critical way of thinking. So if you do not, if you find them young and uneducated and remove them from the education system, then you become the church, the cult, becomes the only reality they know. And that's how control happens. Mm-hmm. But having said that as well, Father Emil, we also know that many, there are many of our brothers and sisters who are educated. You know, I remember meeting a high primary school principal next to my house around the year 2000 who was saying, I'm retiring because the year is coming to an end in the year 2000. Mm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
<laughs> so he was retiring. I mean, there's so many people did believe that, you know, they really thought this was the end. And I said, but hold on. And she started quoting scriptures at me and showing me the numbers. And I thought, gosh, she's in the count. Yeah. She did retire because she thought the world was, was finishing. But I really was eager to find her on the first yeah. <laughs> of the yeah. new year. Well, you know, there were even some people who committed suicide because they thought this was the end of nigh. Oh, yes. And yeah. I think it's very sad. We remember that case, I think, in the U.S. Mm. where people had somehow these sort of... Um, convince themselves that it was all coming to an end, and it didn't. Yeah. And, you know, they, they committed suicide in a big group. Yeah. But, 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 Lawrence, what, what, I mean, this must be an example of some kind to churches in general, and particularly for many of these smaller, uh, or shall I call them fly-by-night churches, or little sects or cults that come together. Um, this must be an opportunity for people to really reflect on how sincere are they about being a church? Yes, and I mean, at the end of the day, if it's one thing to go and attend an odd prayer group wherever, yeah. Yeah. or an, a small Bible session, yeah. but the second it starts saying to you in your head, or in your, in, to your face, that, you know, give, give off everything, uh, uh, leave this, stop working, don't send your children... Instantly, you have to ask yourself, what is this new teaching? What is this about? Why, you know, why, why, why is it suddenly some kind of new revelation? Why has the world existed without it for so long, and suddenly there's this bright light? Right. You know? Yeah. All right, well, look, we can go on and on about that, but, uh, you know, these are these little cults and fly-by-night churches and so on. But we in the church, and the Catholic Church, also have our problems. And a little while ago, there was a, a, a bishop in Nigeria that was not accepted uh, by the people of the diocese, and the Pope gave them, I think, uh, a number of days to respond to accepting the bishop and so on. I believe this bishop has now resigned. Yes. The story of Aharia in Nigeria, southwest Nigeria, which the area itself in Mbase, in Baise, has about um, over one million population, five tribes, they're Igbo, 90% Catholic. Yeah. And they, got, they were appointed this new bishop who didn't come from the area, of course, and the clergy, I'm sure, and, and the faithful, just decided that they won't accept this. Mm. And uh, he, he, he could never be a, 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 um, ordained in his own cathedral. He could never even live in the territory. Uh, that appointment, I think, was done by Benedict in, in Pope Benedict XVI in 2012. Yeah. And when Pope Francis was trying to deal with it last year, June, he wrote, he said to all the priests in the diocese, you must write to me to pledge your, your loyalty and accept him. Mm. You know, otherwise they would be suspended. Fides um, reports that the Pope receives about 200 letters, of course, pledging their allegiance and their obedience and so on to him. Right. But many of the letters still raise concerns about uh, Bishop Okpaleke, who had been now uh, ordained outside his own diocese. Right. Eventually, because he never occupied the diocese, the territory, or was able to work in the diocese, he eventually submitted his resignation to the Holy Father. And the Holy Father accepted it and also sort of backed down from his stance on the clergy 
uh, of that diocese. All right. I think this is a very um, interesting story. Mm. I see it in two ways. Firstly, the, 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 the authority of the Holy Father has never been tested like this. Right. Where there's just, you know, the Holy Father appoints after a lengthy process, and there's just an outright rejection. Mm-hmm. So that in itself is a bit problematic in terms of the life and the understanding of the, the primacy of, 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 of the See of Peter. Yeah. But I do not think that this whole tension should be viewed entirely through that eye. Uh, I think that the Holy, his Holy Father was very heavy-handed in his response to the priests of of, 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 of um, Aharia. Mm-hmm. What I do think the problem is, is for me a question of the approach the one-size-fits-all sort of approach that is used across the world in searching for a bishop. That there are specific and specificities and nuances, uh, especially when it comes to tribalism and culture and all of those sorts of things, that have to be considered for any given place. Right. And in one of the articles I've just written for Spotlight Africa, I make the argument, for instance, that I'm surprised that to this day there is no pontifical commission for Africa, given that there are so many nuances and all these sort of things that are only particular, not generally particular, to and um, particular to Africa. I, I really think this case should really teach us as the church and the church in general about really consulting widely feeling the ground enough so that you know that when you're making an appointment or whatever, you've done the, the groundwork enough, you know? Right, exactly, yes. It's an interesting observation that you make, that, that there is no commission for Africa as such. Well, the first work was growing very fast. In the 1950s, the Pontifical Commission for Latin America was founded because it was a fast-growing, it also had its own uh, specific cases and things like that that needed special attention and assistance. And the Holy See in the 1950s saw the need to do that. Nice. But you look at us now in Africa, polygamy, tribalism, all of these things, uh, the, the, the political systems that are a bit weak in most places. And I would think that there would be a need for that. Yes, indeed. Well, you know, the the other thing is, um, I think it is important, though, in the appointment of bishops that they do take into consideration the culture of the people and who are the people in that area and so on, not just imposing somebody on a particular diocese. I think so. I think they were very, you know, uh, 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 I, I suspect that during the consultation, typical of all human institutions, during the consultation when the certificate was on, there could have emerged little groups and cliques and things like that. Right. And the, 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 the consultants, the nunciatures and all of that felt, you know what, if we make one group win by choosing a, a candidate that they support, yeah. we might uh, uh, cause some kind of division. Yeah. Let's bring somebody from outside to, yeah. you know, uh, who's a neutral person. That's and right. what has that caused? That has caused the two groups or the three groups or the four groups yeah. to come together and have a common enemy. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now I suppose it's back to go again. They've got to start looking for a bishop for the diocese. Yes, but the Holy Father doesn't seem like he's probably going to give them one very soon. Yeah. He's appointed an administrator, yeah. and I think of, of uh, another bishop, a Nigerian bishop who's running another diocese, 
And I think that will stay like that for a while. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the ways in which the Vatican does work. I know there are dioceses like in Botswana, for example, now, where there was a bishop, Bishop Vincent Siani, and then yes. he resigned. And, and I think, you know, they're not going to appoint a bishop there quickly. They're going to let the situation die down a little bit because of the, uh, what's happening amongst the people, I suppose. And I suppose that's one way in which the Vatican lets, lets the situation just uh, die down a little bit before they start looking for a new bishop. And maybe they'll do this I in Nigeria. So. Mm. They're really banking generally on time. Right. But also, even if you bank on time, it doesn't take away the, 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 what the problems were in the first place. Right. You know, Father Kevin, <laughs> who was my spiritual director at, at orientation, Father Kevin McElhattan, he's late now, Jesuit, you know, he always used to say, there's only two ways of doing this. You can wait or just strike while it is still hot. Yes, right. there'll be a, a bit of an explosion, but you know what? It'll settle. Right. Yeah. Well, there we go. Anyway, anything more you want to say about this now, Father Lawrence? No, I've said enough. Father You've said enough. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, that's great. We'll talk to you again next week, and thank you for sharing with us once again. Thank you so much, Father Emil. Have a good day. Have a super day. Thank you so much.